Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. All right, today on Fantasy Football Today, the Sunday night recap, we're going to attempt to answer a few questions. First of all, can you ever start a number one wide receiver against the Patriots? Why is Darius Geis a winner this week? When should Derrick Henry be drafted in 2020? And is there anyone who's better than me in the FanDuel contest? I mean, I was pretty good. 17th in our FFT listeners. Yeah, pretty good, Heath. Not bad, right? That is awesome. Congrats. Is that the highest you've ever finished? In that particular contest, I think so. I think so. Seventeenth out of almost six hundred. Before this week, I do not believe before this week I'd ever finished better than seventeenth in our listener contest. Oh, how'd you do this week? Uh, I finished third. Good, good job. It was a good. Nice. DF- it was a good DFS week for you. It was a good DFS week for me. But you know what? This is about Heath. He- Heath crushed it this week. Congratulations, sir. I- it was my best week this season. I've been saying for 11 weeks, one of these weeks, we're going to get two touchdowns from DJ Moore, yeah. two touchdowns from Leonard Fournette, and the Washington Redskins defense at $3,000 is going to be the best play on FanDuel. <laughs> and this just happened to be the week. Look well, at that yeah. smile. Look at the smile on Heath Cummings' mood. face. It's amazing. Wow. Look, you know he what? can't even stop. I'm just, I'm happy. I'm a happy person. I get to do a podcast, fantasy Aww. football analysts in the history of the sport, and one of the best podcast hosts. I mean, you've won awards for your podcast hosting, and you just had your greatest movie take ever on Saturday night. You agree with it? And so I'm just happy to be here. Are you in on that? Top Gun's terrible? Oh, it was was a 100% correct take. I watched that movie 35 times as a child, loved it. It was my favorite movie. I tried to show it to my sons two years ago. We didn't make it through the entire movie. It's awful. The volleyball scene is the worst (laughs) sports scene in movies. (laughs) Yes, it's it's awful. <laughs> All right. This is going to be a great show, everybody. You know, uh, we, we do have a lot to talk about, so let's get to it. And one thing I got to say to Heath, you know, I know there's nothing that can bring it down, so I'm just going to play the music for you, Heath, because you're the best. Let's take a look, though, at the best fantasy players from – oh, by the way, hi, Dave. Uh, let's take a look at the best fantasy players. <laughs> I'm trying not to knock over the microphone this time when okay, I hear good. that music, but I'm still excited to hear it. So this is Let not run. the entire list of the actual top players, but the guys who are most, you know, fantasy relevant, not necessarily started in every week. Hey, you're the best, Sam Darnold. You're the best, Ryan Tannehill. You're the best, Rashad Penny. Let's get to it. So Darnold with 31 <laughs> points, and Tannehill is actually your number one quarterback right now. 36 fantasy points on only 18 pass attempts. That's a two points per pass attempt for Ryan Tannehill. So guys, going into this game, Tannehill had 22 to 25 fantasy points in four straight. Now he blows that out of the water against the Jaguars. He rushed for two scores. He threw for two scores. Meanwhile, Sam Darnold, he's on a bit of a roll. 23 points against the Giants, 33 at the Redskins, 31 against the Raiders, playing very well. He's got the Bengals and the Dolphins coming up. Tannehill's at the Colts next week, then the Raiders, then the Texans. Who do you like better? Well, Forget about, well, maybe they're both on waivers. Yeah, Darnold's 51% on Tannehill, 32. Who should we go with, and can they both help us win fantasy leagues, uh, Darnold and Tannehill? Dave? Yeah, I think they can both help you win fantasy weeks. I'm, I feel like there's going to be a terrible game for Tannehill soon, but you look at the matchups, and hard to find one that you could really be that matchup for him. I think Darnold's matchups are just a little bit better. I like the way he's been playing the last few weeks, and I still don't believe the Jets are going to be able to have a game where they run the ball well 
you know, where Le'Veon goes for 120 rushing yards and gets 20 carries in the game. And do you know the Jets are two games out of a playoff spot right now? Hey, and remember Darnold said Bengals. that. Hey, we yeah. all laughed. Here at come him. the Bengals and the Dolphins. All of a sudden, the Jets look like a team that can hang around in December. Get your eyeballs popping out of your head. It's the Jets and Adam Gates doing their thing. <laughs> I, I don't want to overlook, though, like what Ryan Tannehill has done. He's not scored fewer than 22 fantasy points in a start yet. He's running the ball now. They're calling designed runs for Ryan Tannehill, and he's leaping into the end zone and scoring touchdowns, and he's been almost flawless as a passer. And so this matchup at Indianapolis isn't as good as what Darnold has at Cincinnati. I might prefer Darnold this week. They're both going to be in the streaming conversation. And then Tannehill after this at Oakland and Houston at home, he might just be a starter the rest of the season. Okay. I'll say like Houston has has been better lately. Two of their last three games have been pretty good. But Tannehill's good games now have come against uh, the Chargers, which was very impressive. The Bucks, the Panthers, which was also impressive, and even the Chiefs, which was pretty impressive. And uh, and now this one against the Jacksonville Jaguars. His last two games, Adam, he's gotten the job done on fewer than twenty pass attempts. Like you mentioned it for this week, but against Kansas City, only 19 pass attempts. It's a little scary, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm a little bit more nervous about Tanny than I am Darnold. But I'm 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 actually happy for Ryan Tannehill because it was not easy for him in Miami. You could see glimpses of good play. I remember that we talked about it was like three years ago, something like that. Tannehill got off to a good start, and we talked about whether or not this was it. And Ryan Tannehill was finally coming into his own, and just he couldn't get out of his own way in Miami. And now in Tennessee, everything's working for him. Everything's clicking, and I I definitely think that he's worth rostering in fantasy. Okay, let's take a look at the uh, top running backs this week. Leonard Fournette's number one. Derrick Henry's number two. We'll talk about Derrick Henry in a little bit. Christian McCaffrey is three, although he is two in PPR. Nick Chubb got in the end zone, and he was involved in the passing game, and Kareem Hunt wasn't, so go figure. Uh, He had three catches, Uh Nick Chubb, for 58 yards, but another, it's like seven straight games with 20 or more carries for Nick Chubb. And Rashad Penny. The two I want to talk about right now are Leonard Fournette and Rashad Penny. And Heath, uh, you know, it hasn't happened for Kamara. Maybe that's next week for Kamara. But over the last couple of weeks, John Brown, two touchdowns. DJ Moore, two touchdowns. Leonard Fournette came into this game with one touchdown all season. 24 carries, 97 yards, two scores, plus nine catches. I mean, so involved as a pass catcher. Um, So that was nice to see. And he's got Tampa Bay next week to even care about a tough matchup for Fournette. I don't really care about the tough matchup, and I don't really care about the game script because of the way he's being used. And they talked about it in the preseason, how they were going to throw the ball to their running backs more. They've done that. As long as he's got heavy usage in the passing game, and the thing that I love, like both of his touchdowns in this game came probably after the game had already been decided, but they threw the ball all the way down the field and then gave it to him inside the five. He's not coming off the field unless he wants to. Heavy usage, no matter what the script, It was one game last week where they forgot to run the ball. They still threw it to him six or seven times. I don't expect that will happen again. And Fournette's going to be a top 10, if not top five, running back rest of season. Dave, you have Chris Carson as a loser. He fumbled again. I'm a little unclear. Did he have actually really two fumbles? One was credited to to Russell Wilson, or did he just have one fumble? He he uh, he had one that it it seemed like it was Russell Wilson's fault, but I think it was credited to Carson. Okay, Might that, be wrong I, on that. I think it was Wilson. 
Okay, well that's good for he, Chris Carson. He had then. a fumble though, because because I, so I think he may have Wilson, had two. Basically, he did. Is what I'm he, saying. he did. He did two. Yeah. Okay. Right. One of them was Russell's. One was his. Right. Right. That's right. And the okay. one with Russell, Russ said after the game he changed the play at the line of scrimmage, and Carson didn't hear it. Mm. And you could tell that Carson was not expecting to have the ball dropped into his gut. And uh, even when he, he's like, he puts his hands in the air like, "What are you doing?" As soon as the ball hits the ground and it ends up getting uh, turned over to Philadelphia. But yeah, it's a little frustrating when he keeps turning the ball over like this. Pete Carroll really didn't talk about it after the game, but he did talk about Rashad Penny after the game. And there's now a lot of talk about Penny, including Russell Wilson saying, yeah, I guess we got to get him involved in the mix a little bit more. So could end up being one of those messy backfields that we, uh, that we start to talk about in the weeks ahead. Okay, Rashad Penny is 32% owned. He had 14 carries, 129 yards, and a touchdown. He had a 58-yard touchdown run in this game at Philadelphia. We know what kind of run defense that is. And he's had three games this year with more than eight carries. He's averaged more than six yards per carry in all three of those games. In 2018, Penny had six games with more than eight carries, and he averaged 4.8 yards per carry or better in five of those six games. To sum it up, when he's gotten work, he's done well. Wide receivers, not sure how much time we have to spend on this group, but Chris Godwin, DJ Moore, Allen Robinson, they are among the best. Godwin with seven catches, 184 yards and two touchdowns on eight targets. DJ Moore, six catches, 126 and two on nine targets. And Allen Robinson, he had a 60-yard catch called back, and he still ended (laughs) up with six catches, 131 yards, and a touchdown uh, you know, it was good to see that. I think let's let's go to Allen Robinson or yeah, right there. Yeah. It was good to see it. He had Robinson, a good matchup for sure. He took a, he took advantage of it. Fifteen or fewer PPR points in each of his previous four games coming into this week. So we needed to see something from Allen Robinson to make us have faith in him moving forward. And now he's got the Lions on Thanksgiving Day. I know it's going to be Darius Slay covering him. I don't think the Bears are going to care. I don't know if they have a choice to care. Allen Robinson should continue to get targets and that volume that we that we uh, crave so much in fantasy where it resets his floor back to six for 60, seven for 80. Numbers that might not necessarily help the Bears that much, but are great for fantasy. They can just help your your score go up, up and up. Okay, yeah. Allen Robinson had uh, six catches for 86 yards on nine targets just a few weeks ago against the Lions. There are others who are up on this list. Uh, A.J. Brown, Heath, I didn't mention him, but four catches, 135 yards, and a touchdown. He had a long one uh, against Jacksonville. And what do you think about A.J. Brown? Uh, Well, I mean, a lot of it was one big play, but again, he looks like the number one wide receiver in Tennessee whenever they need one. And uh, there are games where they just don't really have a number one wide receiver, but I think you have to put him ahead of Corey Davis right now. And he's a high-end number three wide receiver or flex on a week-to-week basis, depending on what you think Tannehill's going to do. Minimum of nine PPR points for A.J. Brown in four or five games with Tannehill starting. Mm, and this one was just good. the max. Like, 23 points is great. He has a couple of 12-pointers in there. He's an okay number three PPR receiver. And he and Ryan Tannehill are both owned in 32% of CBS Sports Leagues. And the tight end to talk about... Uh, Jared Cook is one of the top tight ends this week. He had a huge game. In fact, he could have had a huge, huge game, like huger than huge. Uh, he had three end zone targets and only came down with one of them. But six catches, 99 yards, and a touchdown. 
And I have to tell you, man, I got Jared Cook and Evan Ingram in one league. And when it comes time to make a decision, if I have to drop one of them, I am not going to drop Jared Cook. If I have to drop one, I'm dropping Evan Ingram, and I am keeping Jared Cook. Why, why not just keep both of them? I would like to, but I don't know if I can. But the point is, Jared you Cook can. is ahead of Evan Ingram right now. You want to keep both because you know what Ingram's potential is. And it might, there might come a time. Do you start a flex in this league, Adam? Yeah. It's not right. So you might start maybe. both of them. Yeah, you might start both of them. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, look, like Evan Ingram against the Dolphins or something like that, which is coming up in a few weeks, maybe. But the point is, Jared Cook is a must start guy, right? Yeah, he's yes. he's back there. I hate saying it, though, because when we've said it in the past, except for that magical year in Oakland, which was last year, I just it's hard to trust him. He's been such an underachiever, but now he's rolling. Yeah, well, look, calling someone, especially a tight end, a must-start does not mean they won't have any bad games. <laughs> so, you know, uh, watch Facebook, watch uh, Fantasy Football Today on YouTube at youtube.com slash today and subscribe to the channel. You can also watch it on CBS Sports HQ. You can watch the video show noon Eastern, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern on Sunday. If you can't catch it live, you can catch it on demand. That's on HQ, but uh, definitely subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash today and join our Facebook group. It is just called Fantasy Football Today, and, you know, obviously, it's free. So get in there and join our contests. Today, we are giving away a a T-shirt to Scott Gilly, who wrote in about his start-sit dilemma. So congratulations to Scott. Join the Facebook group. We give away a T-shirt every week. All right, here's your tweet of the day. It's from our our Fantasy Football Today account. How about that? At FF Today. Follow it. How early would you draft Derrick Henry Next year, how early would you draft Derrick Henry next year? Two straight games with 159 or more rushing yards and two touchdowns. Is he a first-round pick, Heath? He is very close to a first-round pick in non-PPR leagues. Now, I'm guessing by the time we get around to draft season next year, we will talk ourselves out of Derrick Henry being a first-round pick non-PPR. I know us. (laughs) But I will will say he's a high-end second-round pick in non-PPR, and really a low-end second-round pick in PPR. The touchdown performance and the efficiency on the ground is really making up for not catching the ball very much. He's averaging 17.2 PPR points per game. He's been great, and can't help but think that he's going to be at least a mid-second-round pick, regardless of format, and maybe trickles into late round one. I think you're going to see a ton of running backs going round one. I think the switch back to the way that fantasy drafts were, old school and Lots of running backs, and here's a guy that's getting 15-plus carries a game and gets end zone looks all the time. Or, I'm sorry, goal line carries yeah. all the time. Green green zone, Dave. Green zone is what Magenta, you mean. Uh, Magenta, Magenta, purple, yellow, polka dot zone. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's, I think he the case split. could be made for him to split. be a top 12 pick in non-PPR. All right, that's your tweet of the day. It's about Derrick Henry. Your stiff arm of the day was James Washington against BWF. <laughs> was that was... Just pathetic. That was a bad effort by BW Webb. Like, come on, man. It was, like, it was more of a push down to the ground. Bad. Really bungled that tackle attempt. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, man, there's got to be something with the word web there. By the way, happy, uh, happy Friendsgiving to everybody. Did you guys celebrate Friendsgiving this week? What are you talking about? That's not a thing. Oh, it's a thing. I'm surprised you don't come know on. about we were this. On the, wait, wait, we were on wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't do this. Okay, What's I just the definition? Define it. It's when you Define get together it. with your friends before Thanksgiving to have a big feast. 
It's not family. It's we friends. had one at the office this week. There you he go. You had a friendsgiving. Yes, happy friendsgiving. That, that's to you. a friendsgiving. I went uh, to Tampa Bay for a concert and like six breweries for a 36-hour trip. It was a lot of fun. Jeez, you had a hell of a week. <laughs> it, was a, it was a fun weekend. Yeah, everything Trips that you wanted for. came true. Congratulations. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, the big news. Julio Jones left with a shoulder injury, but he came back in. But he's got a short week against the Saints, and he was favoring that arm. So I hope it's not like a George Kittle situation. Julio Jones has the shoulder injury. Hope he's fine Thursday against the Saints on Thanksgiving. Pittsburgh benched Mason Rudolph for Devlin Hodges. Yes, they call him Duck Hodges. It's the same guy. Uh, they haven't made a determination about next week against Cleveland. Oakland benched Derek Carr. That was because the score got out of hand. Carson Wentz left with an injury, but he returned. This was actually the week of guys returning from injury. Most of them came back. Dwayne Haskins played through a wrist injury that may have contributed to him just blatantly overthrowing uh, Terry McLaurin in the end zone, which I don't know may, may have cost you a fantasy week, but he says he's I think okay. also being Dwayne Haskins contributed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he was especially Haskins-y today because of the wrist injury. Uh, Matthew Stafford wants to play this year, but Detroit might shut him down, so we'll see. And uh, I think I, I saw the list of your winners and losers, and Kenny Galladay is not on there, but I have Galladay in two leagues, and I do not consider him a must-start anymore. He is a clear loser to me. You agree? Especially yep. next week against Chicago. Come on. Yeah, it's a tough 100%. matchup against Chicago next week. And then he's got Minnesota after that. But then he's got Tampa Bay in, in week 15. I, I couldn't make him one of my losers, but he's close. Okay, I'll make him one of mine then. Uh, Frank Gore became the, uh, the third leading rusher all time. Second tweet of the day. Frank Gore, is he a, should he be a Hall of Famer? This is my tweet. Yes or no? Yes, is running away with it 85%. I would say no. Frank Gore should not be a Hall of Famer. Why not? Oh, Adam. It's okay. I think he's a little bit uh, more of an accumulator. I, I think the Hall of Fame I, is, is reserved for the best of the best of the best. Look at this list. Did, Emmett Smith, Walter Did it Payton. bother you that much that I agreed with the top gun take that you just had to start spewing <laughs> these terrible but, ideas? 15,000 rushing look yards. Look at this he's list. for more yards than Barry Sanders. I don't care if it's because he played a long time. He was able to continue getting jobs and stiff-arming guys like Kenyon Drake into backup When was the last time he was good? 18 years or whatever, he, he goes to the Hall of Fame. Like five years, I don't know. Like, Ebbett Smith, Walter Payton, Barry Sanders. Those are Hall of Famers. Frank Gore is not, to me, he's not a Hall of Famer. I don't know. He's not one of the best running backs ever. Okay. Does he have a career worth celebrating? Oh, yeah, I'd celebrate it. Let's throw him a He's party. a Hall of Famer. Dak Prescott needed gloves. Why did I put that in the notes? Because it is worth mentioning. There were a, a number of quarterbacks, I think, that struggled with the elements today. Dak Prescott. Carr. Yeah, there really were. Derek Carr. Oh, don't even think about starting Carr next week at Kansas City. He is awful in cold weather, and it happened again. I think Carson Wentz struggled in the elements today. I think uh, I think maybe DK Metcalf struggled the, uh... for uh, Russell Wilson <laughs> in the elements. It was a little windy in that game, um, but... But, yeah, that happened. Bad weather in the Northeast. And Hunter Renfro left with injured ribs. And let's take an early look at the waiver wire. Then we'll get into winners and losers. So is Rashad Penny the top guy? Because Bo Scarborough was that guy last week, and he still should be. I mean, he's like 60-something percent owned. But is Rashad Penny a must-own, or is it like too a bad running back situation there? And, you know, Penny's going to be good enough to mess with Chris Carson, but not good enough to start. I think we don't know enough 
that he needs to be the top guy, if that makes any sense. Like, there is a possibility. Chris Carson's kind of, there's been some whispers that the fumbles were getting on the nerves there in Seattle, and he had one that was his fault, and another one he was involved in that wasn't necessarily his fault, but he could have at least heard the play. I, I, My expectation is that Carson's going to get 65% of the work. Penny's just going to be a thorn in his side and nothing else, but there's a chance that they come out next week and all of a sudden Rashad Penny's just getting more touches or that Carson fumbles early next week and that happens. So uh, Penny needs to be rostered everywhere. I'm not sure you're going to start him. Okay. Uh, Bo Scarborough is 71% on, I'm sorry. So it, uh, you, you should pick him up. He's got 18 carries in this game for 98 yards and he's doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Randall Cobb. I know David, yeah, I just really, uh, I give you a lot of credit, Dave, because I didn't think Randall Cobb would be good against the Patriots. He was pretty much the only player that was good for the Cowboys. He is oh, still yeah. available. Um, AJ Brown, AJ Brown or Randall Cobb. Who do you think is a better waiver wire play? I think you, I think there's more upside with AJ Brown. And I, you know, laying out nine plus PPR points and four or five starts. Yeah, of course you can compare that to what Randall Cobb's done the last four weeks. Cobb's been really, really good for PPR. Yeah, I, I, I get the feeling with both of these guys, like the consistency is going to drive you crazy and you're going to say, all right, they were both great. I'm going to start them. Just got them off the waiver wire. Let's put them in. And then they let you down. You keep them on your bench for a week. They go off while they're, you're on the, while they're on your bench. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I can't help but think that AJ Brown just has a little bit more upside. All right. And Gerald Everett, I think is going to be a tight end. People could turn to Arizona on the schedule. You forgot a pretty crucial running back. I mean, we don't know how long he'll be in a position to be a potential help for your fantasy team. But Benny Snell in Pittsburgh, and he's available in 91% of leagues. And if Connor misses more time, it's pretty clear he's the lead back, not Trey Edmonds, not Jalen Samuels, not Kareth White. It's all about (laughs) Benny Snell. Well, that brings us to the mega duds because Jalen Samuels was one of those mega duds, but uh, we'll give you a few at each position. Derek Carr was a mega dud. Derek Dak Prescott was a mega dud. Six fantasy points. Carr had four fantasy points. Matt Ryan. Oh, God. Six fantasy points. Jeez, man. Yeah, Yeah, bad. (laughs) So those are the three quarterbacks I highlighted. Carr, Prescott, and Ryan. Rapid fire questions here. Uh, Heath, should we drop Derek Carr? You can drop Derek Carr. There's no chance you want to use him at Kansas City next week unless we find out there's a heat wave moving through. And I, So, yeah, I, I'm out. Uh, I'd rather have Tannehill and Darnold, so drop him for one of them. Dave, any concerns about Dak Prescott? Um, or was this just a, you know, a short-term little blip? He does have the Bills and the Bears coming up, and then the Rams. It's a tough schedule. And, you know, the the initial reaction to what Dak did is, well, what did you expect? He was playing in the pouring rain against the Patriots and their tough defense. But Buffalo's defense can be pretty tough. The Bears' defense can be tough. I'm I'm nervous about Dak Prescott moving forward, and I'd want to have another option on my bench or several options off the waiver wire if Dak Prescott was one of my quarterbacks. Do you anticipate... Hey, hey Adam. Yeah. You know who's not a megabut dead? Who? You? Tevin Coleman, who just scored a two-yard rush touchdown after Aaron uh, Rodgers fumbled. <laughs> yeah. You know, he needed that, Heath. He needed that score to yeah. like c- come back to the good graces of fantasy managers. Oh, be- yeah. I thought you meant me. No, I did not need Heath spoiling the game. That's so rude. I, you know, I just I have this beautiful Sunday night routine. 
I clean the kitchen, I do the dishes, I take out the garbage, and I have the game on while I do it, and I don't have to watch any commercials. I would only do that if it were on CBS. And you root it for me every week, and I just don't understand. Well, why do you take pleasure in this? See, everything you wanted to do this weekend, you get to do. Matt Ryan. Okay. Uh, by the way, I think with that, Prescott, we have to note that Amari Cooper is just not right, and that's that's a problem. Is uh, that, are, I don't know if we can glean that from this game. He was on the sideline at times. I mean, he was, but so there were times where they were running with two running backs and two tight ends and they were just, you know, not really involving their wide receivers. I don't know. I'm not ready to say that Cooper isn't right. Really? He practiced in full all week, Adam. I, he wasn't right last week and he was on the sideline. That's true. Last week he was not right. This week, I, I don't even know if you can look at the film and come to a conclusion on whether or not he's right. Just based on all the conditions and all the factors in the game. They should fire Jason Garrett right now today if Amari Cooper is 100% healthy and spent that much time on the sideline in a game that they lost and were trailing for most of the game. He should be, should be fired right now. He should be fired for <laughs> kicking the field goal when it was 13-6 and not going for it on fourth and whatever when they were well that too in Patriots territory late in the game. Uh, Matt Ryan, is he still a start right now? Because we are coming out f- with uh, four straight games with 18 or fewer fantasy points, two of those games. Now, one of them was that he got hurt against the Rams, but he still threw 27 passes and scored two points. Is Matt Ryan still a must-start quarterback? He's playing in a short week against the Saints. I can't trust him in that game. He's got Carolina again at home a couple weeks, or the week after that. Don't know if I love him there. At San Francisco after that, Jacksonville. Well, Tannehill carved him up, but they typically have a better pass defense than that. It doesn't look great. And if Julio's not going to be at 100%, then what are you counting on? Big numbers from Calvin Ridley and oh, Russell, Russell Gage. Gage. Russell Gage, by the I, way, I, needs I to be more than 2% say, owned. Yeah, that's true. But I Austin Hooper is going to be back soon. And that'll push Russell Gage back to irrelevancy. And I think Matt Ryan could have some decent numbers once Hooper is back. All right. He's not. Buys are over. You don't need him. <laughs> David Montgomery and Jalen Samuels and James White. James White had three touches. He is trending in the wrong direction. Uh, Montgomery, Samuels, yeah. and James White. So how many of these guys do you think are droppable? Heath, David Montgomery, Jalen Samuels, James White. I don't want like, I just want to say this. Montgomery is the only guy that I'm probably going to put back in my lineup next week. And that's because he's facing the Detroit Lions. I'm still going to bet that they're going to get a lead. They're going to run the ball. He's going to have more success than he did against the Giants. I think there's an argument that Jalen Samuels could be droppable. I don't really want to. And the way the Patriots move their running backs around, yes, it's been a bad trend for James White, but I'm not giving up on him now. I'm going to hold him on my bench. Past the giant oversized hedge clippers, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, because I'm cutting Jalen Samuels (laughs) off of my team. He, he had a chance. This was a game the Steelers were trailing, a back-and-forth game. They could have used a running back to take some pressure off of first Rudolph and then Duck Hodges to catch the ball and make plays. They didn't do it enough, and they settled on Benny Snell. James Conner, hopefully, fingers crossed, will be back. I don't see Jalen Samuels having a huge role. He's the one I'm letting go of first. I was ready to make David Montgomery a loser this week, and then you look at his schedule and the fact that he's taking on the Lions this week. He's got a date with the Packers a couple weeks down the line. Maybe that'll be okay for him, too. I'm going to hold on to Montgomery for at least one more week. All right. And then three wide receivers that were mega duds. Tyler Lockett, Amari Cooper, and Cortland Sutton. Lockett had one catch for 38 yards, only two targets. He did actually lead the team in receiving. Russell Wilson was kind of a dud today, too. 
Amari Cooper. Had, well, he wasn't a mega dud. He wasn't in the in the Dak Car Ryan group. Um, mm-hmm. Amari Cooper. He had no catches on two targets, and then he almost caught a ball that would have extended the Cowboys' hopes at the end, but it was overturned. And Cortland Sutton, one catch for 27 yards on eight targets at the Bills. Do we have any long-term concerns about Lockett, Cooper, and Sutton, other than maybe the health of Cooper, but just performance? Lockett, Cooper, Sutton, any concerns, guys? I don't really have concerns about Lockett. Like, he had a bad game. It's okay. We're just going to... Put him back in the starting lineup next week. I'm a little worried about Cooper's health, like you indicated. We don't know anything for sure, but I'm a little worried about it. And Cortland Sutton, I think it's a positive that he's still got eight targets with Tredavious White on him. They're probably lucky more of those weren't picked off. He'll have more success in the future. He's the number one wide receiver with a bad quarterback. When he has a bad matchup, you'll be nervous about him. He'll be a high-end number three. The rest of the time, he's a must-start number two. That was Sutton you were talking about? Sutton. Yeah. I was talking about Chargers next week. So that's been a bad yeah. matchup. They did lose one of their starting sure. corners with a two game suspension, but I still don't know if we're going to trust them, but we have time to talk about that. By the way, Amari Cooper played 81% of the snaps, which is probably pretty low. I would think for a healthy number one wide receiver, I think that's pretty low. Let me look it up. I'll give you the the skinny on just how many snaps he's played. See if that's close to what he's All right, been but doing. not over the, like I not, Look earlier in the year when he was healthier, because I know he's missed. You know he's come in and out. I'm gonna give you a complete picture. Oh, that'd be nice. Let's do some winners. Seventy-six percent in week one. Oh, blowout. He's, win he's over usually blowout anywhere win. between eighty-five and a hundred percent. And then last week only fifty-six percent. Right, step in the right we direction. Knew that was a pr- was full week's health. worth of practice. I okay. think he's gonna be okay. Um, great. I hope you're right. We'd be talking about him as a buy low candidate. If there were still people making trades, but trade deadlines are pretty much here. They've come and gone. No, you can't trade for him anymore. If you can go for it, try and trade for him on the low. Dave's winners are Darius. Okay. Yeah. Explain this one. Darius Geis and then Devin Singletary, who is sharing a backfield with a hall of famer, but Darius Geis, 10 carries 32 yards, one catch for six yards. And that was uh, against the lions. Why is he a winner? Because he just looks like he's the better running back in Washington, and his playing time went up 10% from last week, and the schedule's pretty good for Washington. We talked about the Giants' schedule and how it's good the rest of the way, and the Eagles' schedule. It's good for Washington, too. And I think you're going to see Darius Geis continue to take steps forward to being a reliable fantasy running back um, and a guy that can help you win. So I, I think we're getting closer to him being a start for your fantasy team. I was also confused by Darius Geis, the winner, because I was hoping he was like going to get more touches than Adrian Peterson. They both had 11 in this game. This is not, in my opinion, a good enough offense that he can be sharing anything close to 50-50 with Adrian Peterson. And we're probably now going to get Chris Thompson back coming into the next week. I don't think they'll have too many games with the combination of game script and defense that were as good as this one for Geis. And he didn't take advantage of it. I'm I'm concerned. I think we're hoping for Geis to follow the path of Devin Singletary, and hopefully it happens immediately. But like I don't see how you could start Darius Geis next week unless there's a report that he's well, going to get all the work, and then we're into the playoffs. So you know it's right. late. But do you want to talk about Singletary, Dave? He started in seventy percent of leagues. He had twenty-one carries I'm, for one hundred six yards and one catch against the Broncos. Uh, go ahead. I mean, I'm hoping that Devin Singletary continues on the path of Devin Singletary because his carries need to be there. I'd like to see his catches get up too. 
And uh, I, I think it's easy to say that he's the lead back of Buffalo. And there's probably going to be a game here or there where the weather won't be good. And Josh Allen won't be forced to throw as much as he, I don't know if he was forced to throw in this game. I shouldn't say that, but threw a decent amount in this game. I, I, I think you're going to see Singletary kind of continue to be a bigger part of the Bills offense. That makes him a good fantasy start. All right, Heath. Jarvis Landry and Calvin Ridley are winners for you. Landry had 148 yards and two touchdowns with 10 catches against his former team. And Ridley, so this is 85 yards and a touchdown this week after 143 yards and a touchdown last week. Gee, are Jarvis Landry and Calvin Ridley the best wide receivers on their teams? Well, that's the thing is we were talking about it and it kind of stood out during the show this morning when we flashed up Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry's statistics for the season. I think the question was, can Odell Beckham have his breakout game that we expect and Jarvis Landry be a good start? And you see those numbers side by side before this game. Jarvis Landry had more catches, more yards, more touchdowns than Odell Beckham coming into the game. Beckham had his breakout game that we were hoping for and Landry was still better. They've really consolidated the touches in this offense to where Beckham, Landry, Chubb, and Hunt are taking almost everything. And this offense can be really good and awesome for fantasy if that's the way it stays. And Jarvis Landry can be a top 20 wide receiver. Landry, he's definitely there in that conversation already. He's had better fantasy games than Beckham five straight times. Yeah. So I don't know if it's going to stay this way forever, but... Uh, the ever since they got back Kareem Hunt, this offense has been clicking. It, and I don't know if it's all because of Kareem Hunt, but they're just playing smarter football, especially like just scheming up Landry, which I've talked about, and finding ways to use the running backs a little bit differently than before. I think Baker's more comfortable. And, you know, what's their toughest matchup left? I guess Pittsburgh next week is... It's going to be tough yeah. on them. Well, Baltimore week 16, but it's interesting because Beckham, you mentioned that stat about Landry being better than Beckham. Beckham just faced Stefan Gilmore, Chris Harris, and Tredavious White. Uh, and and then today Pitt- he faced Nick Needham, and he <laughs> still wasn't better than Jarvis no, Landry. No, no, he wasn't. And the, the stat that really pops out to me going into today's game, Jarvis Landry had 14 red zone targets and Odo Beckham had six. Landry's among the leaders in the NFL. Inside the 10-yard line, Jarvis Landry is third in the NFL going into today's game with nine. Beckham, I'll look it up. He has four. So that's where Baker Mayfield's been going. Quick follow-up, and then we'll move on to the losers. Oh, Calvin Ridley, too, uh, the winner. Uh, does does David Njoku come in next week and screw things up? It's possible. I, I do, it's possible, but like David Njoku's pedigree is definitely fifth in this offense and what they've been doing with the consolidated touches is working so that'd be pretty silly if David David Njoku's allowed to mess up this flow all right then uh Calvin Ridley he's not look nobody's going to rank him ahead of Julio Jones but he's been better the last couple of games and yeah 95 percent started so I think we know what people are doing with Calvin Ridley uh does matchup even matter or is he a must-start guy I think think he's just a must-start guy. I love the increased volume since Mohamed Sanu's been gone. 22 targets the last two weeks. If Julio's gone, then it might be a tough situation just because Ridley and Gage, it's pretty obvious teams are going to dedicate a lot of resources to stopping Ridley, and that could make it difficult for him. But uh, I think he's going to be a top 25 wide receiver. It's so weird that we'll talk about Ridley as a top 25 receiver and Julio as a top 25 receiver, and yet we can't find it within ourselves to say, 
stay the course with Matt Ryan. He'll be all right. Like, it's just, it's funny to me how we're, we're still okay with those receivers, but not Matt Ryan. We got to, he, he just said to cut Matt Ryan. So I, and I don't agree with that. I'm more I think okay Matt Ryan with is it. worth holding on to. Yeah, I'm more okay with Matt Ryan. I mean, you're right about Hooper. I, I, don't, I think I don't Freeman know if I too. I love starting him still. Devontae Freeman but, too is a big deal for him, you know? Yeah. Big time true. pass catcher. All right, let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll talk about our losers and we'll get into every game with the Believe It or Not. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Back here on Fantasy Football Today talking about the losers from Week 12. So somebody said to me on Twitter, when are we going to start talking about Alvin Kamara as a first-round bust? And I said, well, maybe today. But he's not the one we should be talking about. It's Saquon Barkley because at least Kamara has like eight or more catches in three or four straight games. It's crazy. Uh, but Barkley, only two catches in this game. He came into this game against the Bears, averaging 2.6 yards per carry in four games since the ankle injury. He had 17 carries for 59 yards and two catches for one yard. He also had a pretty bad drop in this game. Saquon Barkley is a loser. What does that mean, though, for fantasy owners? I mean, you look at his last three games. He's got 44 carries for 88 yards. Kalen Balage. Wow. That's Kalen Balage <laughs> numbers. Yeah. Their offensive line, which I thought at the beginning of the year was going to be at least a kind of a strength in terms of running the ball, has just gone terrible. They are not creating any holes for Barkley. He doesn't, I don't think, like, I don't know if there's anything wrong with him at all. He has not looked like quite the same guy since he's come back. Like, he maybe has just a little hitch in his giddy up. And they're really like the targets have been there until this week, but he hasn't been that productive in the open field either. This offense, I don't think is really scaring anyone right now. And so they're able to concentrate more efforts on stopping Saquon Barkley. He's not making that people miss. You're still going to start him. But like the thing is, you ask what that means for fantasy owners. I don't know how many fantasy owners that took Saquon Barkley first overall are going to be playing fantasy football it's, after this. <laughs> that's a good well, point. I'm one. I'm one that's got Saquon on a team that is still going to play fantasy in three, four weeks, hopefully till week 16. And I'm worried about Saquon. Obviously, his efficiency is in the tank if he's got a Kalen Balazs-esque rushing average. But it, I would imagine it's clear that he's not himself, just like you said, Heath. And the Giants have nothing to play for. What are they doing? Why would they risk him having a serious injury now in a meaningless game? I wonder if he misses some time. So one thing that I'm going to do as the Saquon Barkley owner, uh, wherever I've got him, and it's more than one league that I have him in, I'm going to make sure my running back depth is good to go. And if that means carrying Wayne Gallman, then so be it. If it means you know spending up my fab to get uh, Benny Snell, I'm going to do that too. 
I'm going to want to have a running back just in case Saquon uh, does not make it into weeks 14, 15, 16. I, would, yeah. would, I think would there's you, a chance. Would you rather have Saquon Barkley or Joe Mixon? Barkley. I, I'd still rather have Saquon than Mixon. Okay. Would you rather have Saquon Barkley or Le'Veon Bell? Of who? Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon. The fact that I even have to think about it, A, makes me sick, and B, <laughs> tells me what I need to know about how I feel about Saquon. Le'Veon. I, I think it has to be Le'Veon. All right, Dave's losers. Uh, oh, no, sorry. One more from Heath. In fact, we have, we've talked about Dave's losers already. Chris Carson and Jalen Samuels. Uh, Heath has Jamison Crowder. Yeah, this was really disappointing. Uh, he's 78% started, 91% owned, and he was a dud against Oakland with Donald having a good game. Two catches for 18 yards. So he was a mega dud. He's a loser for you. I feel like I should apologize to uh, all of Jamison Crowder supporters because I doubted him for a month, and he was good in all those games. I bought in this week as him being a top 15 wide receiver and only four targets. And you look, I mean, he's got five of his, four of his last six games. He has six targets or fewer. For the type of receiver that he is, six targets is not enough. He has to be in that seven, eight, nine range. And so, like, are we going to start him this week in a great matchup? Possibly as a low-end number two, high-end number three. But I'm going to feel a lot more nervous about it than I did coming into week 12. I don't feel that way. You still like him? I'm still starting him with the same trust level that I had before. The matchups are still very good. And the Jets cannot run the football. Le'Veon's not going to have a 100-yard rush game this year. Wow. Yeah, probably not. Uh, There were a lot of almost touchdowns this week, and they may have really messed with your fantasy team. Drew Brees threw two incompletions uh, in the end zone to Jared Cook. Russell Wilson missed Jacob Hollister wide open uh, for a touchdown. He yeah. just overthrew him. DK Metcalf dropped a deep touchdown. It was a fairly mm. tough catch, but he dropped it. He had three catches in this game. Uh, three drops in this game, pardon me. Uh, as I mentioned, Allen Robinson had a 60-yard catch and run called back on a very questionable call. Derrick Henry had a touchdown call back. He didn't need another one. Ryan Tannehill overthrew a wide open Corey Davis. That would have been a deep ball, a big play. Um, Le'Veon Bell was like all around the goal line but never got in. It was uh, a fortunate day for for Sam Darnold because you could have seen a scenario where Darnold played really well, moved his team down the field, and handed off for a couple of scores, but he got those scores instead, and Le'Veon Bell ended up with uh, just an okay game. So that was frustrating. There were more of that than usual, I think, this week. Let's go to the games. And uh, let's start with New England and Dallas. 13-9, to New England over Dallas. A defensive game in bad conditions. Heath, believe it or not, for the Pats and Cowboys. Believe it or not, neither of these quarterbacks will be reliable starters for the rest of the season. We're getting to that point in the year where Brady hands off more than throws, and it's his second straight game where he hasn't looked good. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you the same thing that I told you about Amari Cooper here. You can't trust what Brady did because of the elements. The weather, the wind. And there was bad weather, or bad wind anyway, last week in Philadelphia. But, that, so but it, I don't know he's how got good Brady four is. Four of his last five games have been 15 points or fewer. He only has five touchdown passes in his last six games. I pretty much uh, thank you. Uh, please tell me you stole that right from my notes, or yeah, like it right in bold letters. Is it stealing? I thought you provided these no, notes. You know for what? Us I, to try to make this I would like. To, I would like to know if you use that to. You know, did did that help you? 
Because yes, I okay, very much. it is a good stat. Fifteen or fewer fantasy points in four of his last five games for Brady. I, I had pretty much predetermined that I wasn't going to judge him too harshly on this game because he didn't have Sanu, he didn't have Dorsett, the conditions weren't good, and uh, and he's playing the Cowboys with a good defense. Guess what? The conditions aren't going to be very good rest of the season in his home games. Um, and he's got so, two games left that I think people could still buy into him. And I think next week is a really good litmus test for Brady because there won't be any element issues wait, at Houston. Let's believe it or not. All right, let's get to it. Believe it or not, Tom Brady and Dak Prescott, whatever he said, won't be reliable. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. Yeah, I, I don't either, Heath, especially with Dak. I, I have more faith in Dak, even though the top matchups are tough, but I believe in him if, if Cooper is good. What do you think? It's it. I mean, Buffalo at Chicago and the Rams, I I hope that he's a starter in one or two of those games, but I'm if I if Dak's my quarterback, I'm looking to see if there are any streamers available that uh, I might want to start over him. Fair. Now I, I want to mention also you mentioned his next three games for Prescott: Buffalo, Chicago, Rams. Then he's at Philadelphia. They right now their defense is playing great. It really is. I talked about it when we previewed the game on Friday. Uh, against the Seahawks and, and Eagles. The Eagles have been so much better against the pass. They're healthier now. And Russell Wilson had very complimentary things. He said it was one of the best defense they've faced this year. So I don't know if, if there's a good matchup left for Dak Prescott. Up until this week, it hadn't really mattered. All right, I think we can move on here. Or right, You know what? No, believe it or not, Sony Michelle is going to come through for fantasy owners down the stretch as they have Houston, Kansas City, and Cincinnati in their next three games. Sony Michelle's going to come week, through. Week 15. Circle it. Week 15. Cincinnati. What Cincinnati. about Kansas City? Hmm. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, I think he'll I think he'll be fine. I, I will feel more comfortable in non-PPR starting Sony Michelle than either of the quarterbacks. Pittsburgh 16, Cincinnati 10. Big time of possession discrepancy here. Pittsburgh had the ball for 34 minutes and 25 seconds. Bengals for 25 minutes and 35 seconds. Heath, believe it or not. Believe it or not, James Washington is the Steelers' best wide receiver. That includes Juju Smith-Schuster? Juju really? Smith-Schuster is not available right now. Well, I, is that, I do not believe it. Does that include He's got a gigantic not? brace on his knee, and he's got a concussion. He's definitely better than him right now. Well, uh, okay, uh, fine. So, so let me ask you this. Mm. If you could make a trade right now, would you rather have James Washington or Juju Smith-Schuster? That's the question, Adam. <laughs> that's, that's basically what he's asking you. Well, but he did. Okay. Yeah. You know, maybe he is the best receiver right now because I don't know when Juju's coming back. I also don't know what this offense can really be like with Devlin Hodges as the quarterback, which presumably could be the case as soon as next week. Washington made a great play today. His touchdown was awesome. He he doesn't seem to do that on a very frequent basis. But he has been trending the right direction. Mm-hmm. And you look at his last four games, four for 69. That's a that's a fine number three day. Six for 90 and a score is awesome. Three for 49 is bad, but then three for 98 and a score. He's he's taken a step as a player. And he's looks like he's better than Deontay Johnson right now, who kind of has hit this uh, rookie wall. I, I'm I'm pretty interested in him. Okay. Yeah, he's 39% owned, and yeah, he's certainly playing better. James Washington, 79-yard touchdown catch. Other than that, he had two catches for 20 yards. 
Uh, let's see what we got here for the Bengals. Uh, well, I was encouraged by Joe Mixon. I mean, I know it wasn't a great game, but he had 18 carries against a good defense and was so much better this time against Pittsburgh than he was last time. Uh, but Tyler Boyd is someone that we really probably should have talked about. So believe it or not, Tyler Boyd is back to being a must-start wide receiver. Five catches, 101 yards, and a touchdown on nine targets. Tyler Boyd's a must-start, believe it or not. It was a squeaky wheel game for him, wasn't it? It was. And I was worried that the the squeaky wheel wouldn't get any grease because it's Ryan Finley at quarterback, and it's just it hasn't. He hasn't had a good look, but Boyd made a great touchdown in this game, and he's got the Jets next week. The, so, if the next yeah, words I, better be believe it or not. No, I believe it. Okay, <laughs> I I don't believe it. I still don't believe in his quarterback. He's a number three wide receiver that you might need to start, but not one that I want to start. Okay. You know what's really frustrating in fantasy? Sorry for this quick aside. When you have a guy, like I picked up James Washington in a ton of leagues, and then there were just other players that I felt like I I had to start over James Washington because he's James Washington and the other guys, you know, like Brandon Cooks. And But but in your gut, you feel like you really want to start the guy you picked up, but you can't justify. You know what I'm talking about? You can't justify your gut feeling. But maybe you should just go with your gut more often. Okay, thanks. Thanks for paying attention. <laughs> Stupid comment. All right, Jets thirty-four. Fantasy well, but tips. you know what I'm talking about. Like, you want to make a sure. fantasy roster decision, but you feel like it's stupid. You know? No one yeah, wants I, to start somebody off the, a gut feeling. I think it's really important for people, and and we've I've talked about this before. I don't really have that problem, Adam. I have the other problem. It's the I just benched this name for this other guy because I had him projected for more points. I feel stupider if I play the guy that I don't think is going to score as many points just because of what his name is than I do if I sit the big name and he has a big game. But you just have to know yourself and play the guy that's going to make you less mad. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Jets 34 and Oakland 3. All of the Raiders made you mad today. What's the believe it or not? Uh, The Raiders are frauds, and none of them are as valuable in fantasy as we thought they were. <laughs> Don't believe it. Uh, no, I still believe in in uh, Josh Jacobs. So I I'm say curious. What were the number of Jalen Richard targets early in the game? And I know he had the. I'm pretty sure he had the first running back catch. He had six catches in this game for 47 yards. He was someone I was a little bit worried about for Josh Jacobs at the beginning of the year. And they didn't even let him touch the football for like the first five or six weeks. He's gotten more involved in the passing game as of late, and he's been very good when they've thrown it to him. That could make me a little bit nervous about Josh Jacobs if this is true for everyone else. If Derek Carr is going to be bad, if Tyrell Williams is going to be bad, if Darren Waller is going to be bad, and they're going to be playing from behind like we thought they might be, and Jalen Richard is going to sneak in and do this, then I would be worried about Jacobs. He had five targets at halftime. Four for four. So that's not good. That's right. really not good for Josh Jacobs. What was the score at halftime? 13-3. Okay. It wasn't exactly a blowout. Uh, all right. For the Jets, believe it or not, Sam Donald is a must start down the stretch. He's playing Cincinnati and then Miami. He's a must start in those games. Okay. He's owned. So, so basically, let me let me rephrase it. Sam Darnold is only to be started when the matchup is great. Correct. Yeah, I'm not going to... I don't think he's going to be worth trusting at Baltimore in Week 15. 
Okay. And, but we don't know what that defense is going to be like by then. They, they'll probably still be very dangerous. And then the real challenge will be week 16 home against the Steelers. And that could come down to, well, what's the Steelers offense like? Because that could be a game where if the Steelers are turning the ball over and not putting up any points, that might give Darnold some extra opportunities, even in a tough matchup. Our next game is Seattle 17 and Philadelphia 9. Believe it or not, Heath. Dallas Goddard is still a must-start tight end despite this bad performance. Buying it. Believing it, you mean. Believing it. This game is... This game is completely different than buy or sell. I don't even know why you would draw the comparison. So you believe it? Nah. I accept. I accept Heath's statement as a uh, a potential fact. I think it probably is true. I mean, obviously, no Jeffrey and no Aguilar helped the targets. That's probably true. Okay, Heath. I think even even when Alshon comes back, he's probably not going to be a hundred percent. And they just don't have anything. I know that Ward got involved and he had seven targets and that's nice. Um, but I I think Goddard can be at, at the very least a dump off outlet for Wentz and at the very most a red zone threat. Heath, you believe it? Yeah, I believe it. I think he's going to be a top 10 tight end. I don't know when all these other wide receivers, these, these mythical beings that are allegedly on the Eagles are going to get healthy at the same time. <laughs> I would expect that the Eagles are going to continue running a lot of two tight end sets and Ertz and Goddard will be our two best pass catchers. Now give me a thought on the Eagles running backs. Miles Sanders had 12 carries for 63 yards, three catches for 23 yards, and Jay Ajayi had six carries for 16 yards with no Jordan Howard for the second straight game. So Dave, what do we think about the Eagles backfield moving forward as they get ready for the Dolphins? And then the Giants, and then the Redskins. Mile right. High. So I was gonna, I was gonna drop a believe it or not, Miles Sanders is droppable in fantasy, and I would, I don't believe that because of the matchups that are coming up for him. Okay, but he probably <laughs> needs Jordan Howard to be out, and then we can talk more about it. Um, all right, cool. Let's go to our next game: Chicago nineteen and the Giants fourteen. What do we got in this one, Heath? What happened to Heath? He fell. He he fell off his chair. You there? <laughs> I'm fine. Perfectly uh, fine. Uh, Dave said something. Dave happened. said something about Miles Sanders being droppable, and I thought that was absurd. And so I got ready to leave the room, and then I remembered oh. that I was trying to be a nicer, kinder Heath. And so I came back to the podcast to say, believe it or not, <laughs> Sterling Shepard is going to be a factor in PPR for the rest of the season. Oh man, five catches! Did he have five catches for fifteen yards? He uh, did and, almost and as many yards per reception as yards per Saquon Barkley carry. Yeah. Okay. So believe it or not, Dave uh, Sterling Shepard's going to be PPR factor. Believe it. Schedule does not get tougher for him. This is as bad as it gets for all the Giants. They've got the Packers next week, and then it's a three-game gauntlet. Against Philadelphia, can we stop? Accept the fact that the Eagles are good. The Eagles are good. They're not dominant. They're not as good as the Bears' defense. The Packers are good. Okay, are the Dolphins good? No, that's who he plays in. That's in three weeks, though. Are the Redskins good? Because that's who they play in Week 16. But but with Evan Ingram, like we've only seen one game with Ingram, Shepard, and Tate. It wasn't pretty. And Slayton's a part of it. Slayton was their leading receiver today. So I don't know how like I don't I see Sterling Shepard's ownership at fifty six percent, and I don't 
feel like it has to go up. Do you? No. He I had do nine think, I, I right. Do. You do? I, okay. I don't think it has to go up that much. He won't be the number one receiver to target off the waiver wire. He might not even be the third or fourth most intriguing receiver to pick up off the waiver wire. Fun fact. He has played four games with Daniel Jones this season. He has received nine targets in all four games. Exactly. He has played only one of those games, though, with both Golden Tate and Evan Ingram. Will he play any more with both Golden Tate and Evan Ingram? Probably. Probably. <laughs> Is Golden Tate going to be a PPR factor? He only has yeah. three catches. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, look, he, he took on the Bears. It's a tough matchup. I think we, yeah, they, it, it really it is tough for everybody. Is. Um, all right, I think we more or less covered this game. It was Anthony Miller who had the big game, not Taylor Gabriel. Gabriel, 39% owned. Miller, 7% owned. Miller had six catches for 77 yards. And you know about Allen Robinson. And Trubisky, to his credit, has had three good games in his last five or six. He's been terrible otherwise, but, you know. How, okay. how about 41 <laughs> pass Detroit attempts for the Bears and only 19 rushes? Like Trubisky is a bad game. They bench him in LA and they come right back to him and they give him a ton of work to do. They don't take any pressure off of him at all. It's true. They couldn't run the I, ball though. They they really couldn't. And Montgomery had two carries inside the five and went nowhere with it. And then mm-hmm. Trubisky ran it in. One of them, if he cuts back, he scores. Yeah, you're right. Tampa Bay, a uh, 13 point winner on the road at Atlanta. Heath. Ronald Jones, the must start number two running back. I, uh, I'm nervous to say that I believe it, but I think, I think he might be a top 24 running back by default. (laughs) He has been, you look at three of his last four games, at least 16 PPR fantasy points, at least 15 touches in all of those games. So can you explain what happened last week then? Yeah, they ran the ball. They didn't run the ball. He, He had four carries. Peyton Barber had zero. Yeah, Jameis had two, and Agumbawale had two. They they ran the ball as a, a, as Ben Gretsch pointed out, a franchise low eight times last week. But has that has it was there the same been thing a, that happened to Jacksonville too? Has there right? Has there been a player though that, where the conversation has changed week by week more than Ronald Jones? He's been the most frustrating player. Yeah, he has, and he played fifty percent of the snaps today. After not being as involved, I don't think he was quite as involved the week before. Yeah, 30%. 50% of the snaps is a three-week high for him. I guess if he's going to continue to get 12 carries and a chance of getting a couple of catches each week, he, he'll find his way into a top 24. All right. And believe it or not, Kadri Olison is worth adding. Second straight game with a touchdown. Yeah. No, I don't believe it. Cool. But Brian Hill is worth dropping. Yeah. Cleveland 41, Miami 24. Uh, the Browns offense is finally what we were hoping they would be. Hmm. Dave, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I believe it. This is exactly what we were hoping for, was that Baker Mayfield was making plays. The two receivers were putting up huge numbers. Chubb would be doing a great job running the ball. Hunt has stepped in and, and made it even better. Take, took a little bit of pressure off of everybody. Start yeah. them all at Pittsburgh? I'm not sure, uh, man. I I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready to say start them all, but I think you're going to start Chubb for sure, Landry for sure, and Odell probably. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, believe it or not, Devontae Parker is a top 12 wide receiver rest of season in PPR. And, and let me say, before you answer, three games without Preston Williams, double-digit targets in all three games. He's been he's been a PPR machine pretty much all year. He's had his two best games though in a row, and they were not exactly easy matchups: Buffalo and Cleveland. So, what's the schedule it. going forward? Philadelphia, the Jets, the Giants, the Bengals. Believe it. All right. So now he's got that vaunted Eagles defense that you love, Adam. Yeah. Believe no, it. this one's gonna be that's gonna be tough. But then the Jets, Giants, and Bengals after that. That's gonna he's gonna win people leagues. He whether he's I top think, twelve or not, he's I winning think, people leagues. I, he could be a top 12 receiver in PPR rest of season. Yes, I believe uh, it. Devontae Parker or Odell Beckham rest of season. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I'm th- I've got to think about it, so maybe it is Devontae Parker. Oh, my God. I just said that. It's Beckham. I just said that. That literally just came out of my mouth. I can't believe this season. This season is bonkers. Okay, Buffalo 20, Denver 3. Heath? I can't believe it. Um, it. it doesn't matter who Josh Allen's playing. He's just going to score between 19 and 22 fantasy points. Well, he played Miami and he, he kicked butt in that game. He doesn't have any of those games left. Yeah, I don't believe it. I think he's got too tough a schedule left. Yeah, he won't do it against Baltimore. He's, he there has, have been very few teams that have been as good as against quarterbacks as the Denver Broncos. Right, two bad games in a row though for them, but um, but fifty six rushing yards, two straight games for Josh Allen. I mean, if he's doing that, then I agree. I don't look. I I, I thought he was a winner this week because I got away from him. I I benched him for Jeff Driscoll, and uh, it was impressive. You know, he two touchdown passes, fifty six rushing yards, twenty two points against the Broncos. Gives you a little more hope at Dallas, Baltimore, at Pittsburgh, at New England. No way am I playing him at New England in week sixteen. No chance. But I don't know, man. I don't know if you're going to rank. My guess is you're not going to rank him in the top 12 more than once in the next four games. Probably not. And I would take Darnold ahead of him. And I would probably take Tannehill ahead of him. So maybe you put him more in that streamer conversation, but his ownership won't suggest that he's a streaming quarterback. I think I think at this point, if you've got Josh Allen and you and you still want to buy into him, you better have another quarterback and you just play the matchups. But you're not going to like playing the matchups with Allen because they're tough matchups. Dallas, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, New England. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, John Brown had a touchdown, but he had his first game of the year with less than 50 yards. So good stuff there. And he almost had an absolute mega dud of a game. Yes, he did. But he actually made a mega catch in the end zone. It was very nice. And the final yep. question here about this Save game. Save the day. He, Philip Lindsay. I mean, can we can we keep starting him? He's so annoying. He is pretty annoying, annoying he, he's but got number a nice two running backs. Personality. Oh, he's a nice guy. Number yeah. two running backs can be annoying. I think you're starting him against the Chargers this week. Washington Agreed. 19 and Detroit 16. What do we got? Believe it or not. There is only one game left this season when you're going to want to start a Detroit Lions wide receiver. Tampa Bay. <laughs> that would be it's it. Probably. Tra- um, I believe. I don't it. believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Want to start? I believe it. Have to start? Probably not going to believe that. But I don't want to start in tough matchups, so I believe it. This is now 
eight catches in three games for Kenny Galladay since Jeff Driscoll took over. There aren't quite as many pass attempts available. One, because he's spreading the ball around more between Galladay, Jones, Amendola, and Jesse James. But also because he drops back, and if he doesn't see somebody open right away, he just runs himself. So I, I'm, I'm pretty worried about Kenny Galladay down the stretch. The Galladay target share in the last three games is 18 versus 21 for Marvin Jones. So it's probably a little bit closer than you'd like it to be if you're a Galladay uh, yeah. um, fantasy manager and you've got him on your team. It's a little bit tough. And playing on Thanksgiving isn't easy against Chicago either. Who do you think is going to be a more valuable player rest of season, Bo Scarborough or Terry McLovin? I think it's Scarborough because he gives the line. That's the other thing that impacts the Lions pass catchers before when they didn't have anybody worth a darn at running back. You knew they were going to have to throw 45 plus times a game. Driscoll only threw it 33 times last week. He threw it. I think less than that. And they're they're They've got a rushing presence now. Scarborough gives them that. And that, that hurts the run game. Fewer targets for them, even though Marvin Jones just had 11. It will be Terry McLaurin if we can convince Dwayne Haskins to take selfies with fans at the start of the game instead of the end. <laughs> <laughs> Two more games here. New Orleans 34, Carolina was that, 31. Hold on a second. Was that during the game? Yes, there was like six seconds left. He was supposed to go out and take a knee. I know Case Keenum was in there to like... Yeah, he was taking selfies. Well, okay. So, I don't know if he was taking selfies. I think he was taking selfies during he was, well, that no, 100%, play. 100%. He, he was taking yeah. selfies with a fan on the field. Yeah. The fan was in the stands. And he thought the game was over. They couldn't find him to snap the ball, so they and had to. Keenum put had to do it. Is, is that really what happened, or did yeah. they say go go ahead? No, well, I, I, Bill I, I, Callahan I, I, said we couldn't find him, and Dwayne Haskins oh said I thought the game was over. It was terrific. Oh my goodness! I, I didn't know that that won. was the case. Uh, all right, Heath, what do we got for Saints and Panthers? Saints and Panthers. DJ Moore is a top ten wide receiver rest of the season. PPR, yes. Non-PPR, I don't believe it. Uh, I I think I believe it. In, yeah, no, I, I agree with Dave. Yeah. Ten, top 10 is pretty, pretty spicy, and I imagine top 12 is probably a little bit too high for Devontae Parker, but it's hard to think of like 12 guys off the top of your head. Like, are you taking... Are, this is a legit question. Are you taking DJ Moore or Tyler Lockett rest of season? I think I like the targets for more better. I think in PPR, so. it's more. I, th- I think so, too. And it might be that way in non-PPR as well. Well, that's the thing. We're making this distinction between PPR and non-PPR for DJ Moore, but he's got more than 95 yards in four straight games. Yeah. Yeah, but it, like I think it's, this scoring, was more about Rocket to me, I think. If you've got a floor of nine in non-PPR, you're probably close to a top 12 wide receiver. How about he's been below eight non-PPR points once in his last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. Alvin Kamara, your quick thoughts. And then I want to spend more time on Kamara on probably Wednesday's show, but what do you think about him for right now? He's a terrific dude. I wish he was being used a little bit more as a runner. Um, Kind of like Saquon Barkley. I'm not so sure he's been the same guy since he came back from injury. Agreed. Did you not see him last week, Heath? I I did see him last week, and I mean he's, he's getting incredible a lot last of work. Week. 
but Latavius Murray is getting a bigger share of the carries than he, even in the games where he doesn't have very many carries than he was before the injury. I get it. It's, it's just, it's hard to complain about Camaro when he's getting 20 touches. Yeah, and, and he's games, getting so many catches. catches. Nineteen catches in his last two games. Yeah, eight or more catches. Yeah, it's amazing. Okay, last game: Tennessee forty-two, Jacksonville twenty. What haven't we covered from this game? DJ Chark, DD Westbrook. What do you got, Heath? Um, believe it or not, we were right about Nick Foles preferring DD Westbrook. It just took a week to show it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I disagree. I don't believe it. I don't. Yeah. Not yet. Now, uh, I heard before the show that we had to do some regulating. Is that is that right? Yes, yes, yes. Very, do, 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 do. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm getting to it. Uh, <laughs> I need like eight uh, seconds. Yeah, I, I got it. I got it. Don't worry about it. I'm a commissioner of a league, and it's a uh, dynasty league. And I try – you know me, Adam. I, I'm all about letting people run their own teams. I'm not going to interfere. I have this one team that um, – has really been kind of vocal about possibly some other teams in the league might be tanking. Is it okay for us to tank? What are the rules on tanking? And I've been trying to, you know, just encourage this person to make their own decisions. Don't set an illegal lineup and we'll probably be okay. And I just went and looked at the scoreboard today and this person set a lineup with two players that were on a bye. Even though he had someone on his bench that say, played the same position and was not on a bye, I'm he so started glad a player. This is not me, by the way. I, which, no, it's me. He it's started totally a player me. who had already been ruled out before the 12 o'clock game started. Even though he had a player on his bench who was active and playing, and he benched several players that were better than the players that he started. Which I just, I just kind of was wondering from a regulars' perspective, what your opinion on is what's acceptable level of tanking. Can you start guys on buys when you have options that are not I on buys? Think, I don't can think you can. start guys you that are injured and ruled out for the game? No, I don't think you can. Not when you have other options. No. What if you're working from <laughs> nine thirty until what time is it now? Nine fifteen p.m. Eastern, and you just couldn't find the time to set the lineup in the dynasty league, Th- or you didn't you care should, to because you, you know should, you're going nowhere. The lineup wasn't illegal. Hold on a second, Heath. The, the lineup was not illegal. Otherwise, the page would have said, your lineup is illegal. I'm allowed to make the choices that I want to make in my lineup. So sitting Kareem Hunt, Tyler Boyd, Chris Carson, and George Kittle, I know that I wouldn't recommend anybody do that. But in a dynasty league where there is a reason to not compete mm, Dave, when you're trying to get a good draft position. Come on, Dave. You're better than that. I Listen, it's part of the strategy of a dynasty league, if Adam. you ask me. Now, if I'm purposely only, making it illegal, you've got then, one regulator. I, well, Go are there are there written rules? No. Then I guess it's okay, but you got to start making some written rules. Do you have rules. any written rules in your league about tanking? I don't know. I'm not a commissioner of. Uh, no, I'm not. But you know what? Every league needs written rules about tanking. Uh, I think that it's pretty unacceptable to start players that are on a buy when you have players on your team on the bench that are not on a buy. Uh, sure. So that bad. one I agree with. I should have started Devin White ahead of Hassan Reddick, and I apologize. <laughs> Not that it would have made a difference in the final score of my game because my team was going to be terrible to begin with. But I'm not. Don't force me to start. For example, I've got Emmanuel Agba 
still in my starting lineup. He's on IR. Don't force <laughs> me to change around my lineup when I've got two guys on my IR who I want to keep on my dynasty team in case they're good next year. And Agba, okay. someone I also want to keep fair. on my dynasty I team. Mean, that's a good point. He sounds like you need to put something in so, writing here. So listen, yes, I agree. I should have started white over Reddick. But outside of that, I put in a legal lineup. And Aguilar. everybody, everybody, uh, starting Nelson Aguilar was probably a crappy <laughs> thing to do too. I, I hold on, let me see who should I have started instead. I'm not, I'm not even looking at my team anymore. I'm, I'm looking at somebody else's team. Uh, somebody started Lashawn McCoy during their bye, and they've got a worse record than I do. Somebody started Mohamed Sanu. He was inactive. Somebody started Irv Smith. They're on by. He started three defensive players who are on by. And you're coming after me, Commissioner Cummings? You look, Heath is on cloud nine right now. Sir. Yeah, no, okay. Well, look, I'm glad this was fun. Um, that's going to wrap it up for our Sunday night recap. And uh, so I, thank you for thank you for listening to this. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, it has not been sufficiently regulated, but hopefully we'll have some ground rules going forward. We'll talk to you on Monday with an injury update and with the big storylines around fantasy football. For Dave Reed, I'm Adam.